0: All right. Well, good morning and welcome to Lakeside. We're glad that you're here this morning. And we also want to welcome all of you who are joining us online this morning. We're going to open with a prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of this day and the opportunity together to worship you because you are worthy. You are always good and always faithful. And we experience much heartache and confusion and suffering in this world. Sometimes that causes us to doubt or question you. And so we pray that even in our worship today, you would remind us of your promise to always be with us, to never forsake us. That when you don't remove the trials or the difficulties, uh, you give an extra measure of your spirit and your grace to comfort us, to give us a peace that passes understanding. And we pray for that in abundance. We pray that that would uh, just be poured out on each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you now to stand as we say together a call to worship from Psalm 147, verses one through five. This is Psalm 147, the first five verses. Say it with me. Praise the Lord. For it is good to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure.
1: The light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, that me. i to get
0: Michael, I'll have you stay up with me just for a second. Uh, Tommy, you can step down. Thank you very much for helping lead us in worship. But we have been uh, sharing in our announcements in our newsletter for the past couple of weeks, the good news that a ministry called Safe Families has now been operationalized in Summit County. And what that means is that there are enough people who have signed up to be host homes, and then enough people who've signed up to support those host homes, to receive uh, children and support them while they do it. And uh, the spearhead of that effort to get this ministry that is nationwide and had already been in Cuyahoga County, but now into Summit County, has been Michael and Christina Seppi, And they've done a tremendous amount of work to do that. And part of that process is for them to be approved uh, in order to receive uh, children into their home. And right after they got the approval to now receive children, uh, the pandemic hit, and because Christina works in the hospitals, there was then a restriction that anyone who was a healthcare worker could not receive kids into the home, and so that was a disappointment. Of finally sort of feeling like we accomplished the goal, and then finding out that based on uh, the entire situation, that there wasn't an opportunity to do that, and so it's been now a joy to share generally with the church that not just for us, but for Summit County, multiple churches being involved, multiple families stepping up and being willing to host means that this ministry will get to start in Summit County. But for Michael and Christina, it also means that tomorrow uh, you're gonna receive children into your home. And tomorrow is Michael's first day back teaching uh, at school. Our kids are going back to school tomorrow, uh, but we control that, we're homeschooled. So our kids have no excuse. You don't control your schedule and you're starting back up the school year tomorrow. Uh, and you're making your home available. And so I just want to take time to, one, thank you for all the leadership. That If Christina was here, I'd have both of you up here doing it, uh, to thank you for it, but also just to pray for you and that God would do many things uh, in this ministry. And for those of you who don't know what it is, the goal is uh, to mobilize Christians to make their homes available that if someone else says, I, I don't necessarily know you, I'm you're not my cousin or my friend, but... I need a safe place just for a week, or two weeks, different time periods that I could place my child while I either have a medical procedure done or I have to get some work done. And so it's entirely volunteer driven. and But it's, it's an opportunity for people to proactively uh, find temporary rest and support um, so that they don't have to feel all alone in this situation. And so we'd like to pray for you and invite all of you to join me in a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for again your goodness and your faithfulness that as we said together that you are the God who can bind up the brokenhearted. hearted um, you can lift up those who are in despair who feel lost or lonely your word tells us that you care specifically in a unique way for those who are orphaned or widowed that when you look down upon uh, this world and you see those who are the most vulnerable that your heart is drawn for them that you want the vulnerable to feel safe and secure, and that as your spirit moves in our hearts, that you want to make us the type of people who have your heart and who, when we see needs, can find ways uh, to make others feel safe. And I thank you for the way that Michael and Christina have led the charge to bring this unique ministry to our county, uh, to mobilize multiple churches to get involved, and now multiple uh, families to, in a very tangible way, uh, take up this call. And we thank you for all the other people who've stepped up to say that they would support those families in all the ways that they can with babysitting and meal-making and uh, all the the support that'll be needed. And so we pray not only for Michael and Christina this week, uh, but for this ministry into the future, uh, that you would just continue to allow them and all of us as your children to shine the light of your gospel. Uh, We know that so many times what can dominate the news cycle uh, are just stories that are negative and discouraging and we can become overwhelmed by that. And so we do pray that you would help us to tell good stories that people would see a light breaking through and increased reasons for hope and joy. And with Michael starting school this week, we pray a blessing on him and for all of our parents who are trying to figure out what school means for their kids in this time, and whether it's going back to school or homeschool or some hybrid version. Uh, We know that this is just a a totally unique start of the school year. And so we pray for everyone involved, our teachers and our administrators who are making decisions, our government officials who are setting the policies that our uh, schools have to follow. Uh, We just pray that you would give them wisdom Uh, Father, help uh, all of your Christians, all of your children in those places to especially be salt and light, to live out the fruit of your spirit of love and joy and peace and patience. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Michael. We're continuing in our series called Partnership, Advancing the Mission Together, uh, looking through the book of Acts at people who don't often get as much press, if you will, Uh, even for those of us who grew up going to church and did Bible studies together, we might be more familiar with a few people and a little bit less familiar with some of these uh, other uh, names that we're going to study together in the book of Acts. But the big idea is that ministry is always a matter of teamwork. It, it, It always takes a lot of people to get good work done. And we kind of like hero stories and we like real dynamic personalities. And even when we see someone who is a hero or a real dynamic and charismatic personality, there's always someone else behind them. There's always a web of relationships and partnerships that that person needed to get to where they are. And sometimes we can lose sight of that when the camera's only ever on one person. And for me is often having the responsibility of talking publicly, that can be a misperception again that people make that if you want to know me and understand me, it's way more than anything I say. You have to know who uh, my family is. You have to know where I came from. You have to know how I was raised. There are so many other things that affect and shape who I am and and what I do. I don't know if you saw the news this morning that uh, our president's brother passed away yesterday. And I was surprised a few days ago just even to hear our president had a brother. I was like, I don't think I've heard about this brother before. And then, oh no, he's sick and hospitalized and serious enough that our president is going to go visit his brother in the hospital. And I was trying to think through, uh, I go back to uh, Bush senior. like the first president that I remember. Uh, so some of you go back a few presidents before that, maybe, but I was trying to think through in my own mind, do I remember a sitting president visiting a family member in the hospital and I, I couldn't think of another uh, one some of you might be able to tell me one afterwards but it instantly just reminded me he's a human being like oh you have a brother too who's sick and in, in need of care and sometimes when we only see people in the media or we only see them on TV we just lose a bit of that ordinariness that they are flesh and blood they have a past they have a future they have people around them Uh, who have shaped them. And the book of Acts highlights that uh, Luke, as he tells the story, records all the different people that had some part to play in the gospel going forth into all the nations, that we today would be reading a Bible in the English language and able to consider it uh, is the testimony of many, many people who have worked over a long period of time to partner together to accomplish a goal. And we're the recipients of that. So we're going to go to Acts chapter fifteen. Uh, if there's if you want to read a physical Bible, there's a copy in the pew in front of you, if you didn't bring one for yourself, or we'll put the verses up on the screen. This is Acts chapter fifteen, beginning in verse twenty two. Last week we'd considered a man named Barnabas, or Joseph was his is his name and Barnabas' his nickname, and today we're going to learn about someone named Silas. So this is chapter fifteen, verse twenty two. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas, called Barsabbas and Silas, leading men among the brothers with the following letter. The brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers and sisters who were of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia, Greetings. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. And so when they were sent off, they went down to Antioch and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered it and they rejoiced because of its encouragement. And Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. And after they had spent some time, they were sent off in peace by the brothers to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark, but Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had gone, had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord, and he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches and that's where we'll conclude this first part of the reading will be in Acts chapter 16 in a little bit if you have a Bible and want to keep it open but the first thing that we see is that it's not only true in this chapter but it's a way that we could even summarize all of Acts Luke wrote part one his gospel and part two to record what now was happening after Christ had ascended and given the gift of the Holy Spirit So we often call it the Acts of the Apostles, but we could just as much title it and that work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, This is now what the poured out Holy Spirit is doing in the lives of Jesus's first followers to go and obey his commission. And they've gone well and far such that now there's conflict developing. Not every church looks the same. Not every church has the same background. Not every church has the same way of worshiping. And enough of a conflict had risen because of how successful Paul and Barnabas' first missionary journey had been and the church formed in Antioch of all these different people that people in Jerusalem said, we got to, they weren't as excited to say, let's keep this going. They were a little more cautious to say, we need to make sure that this doesn't get out of hand. We need to make sure that we, we get people there to worship the way that we do and understand the rules that we have and so some had come from Jerusalem up to Antioch and they'd caused a disturbance and it was enough of an issue that they were like we need to have a church meeting (laughs) we need to talk this all the way through because this isn't just a issue in Antioch this is going to affect everywhere the gospel goes now what are the rules that we would want people from all different kinds of backgrounds to try together to obey so that they can be a worshiping community. And most of our letters in the New Testament reveal just some of that conflict. I don't enjoy almost anything about the current pandemic we're in and the different requirements that are given about it and the different opinions that people have about the requirements. But one thing I am thankful for, it makes me read the New Testament in a little bit of a different way. I mean, they didn't want to worship together because they disagreed on what you're allowed to eat or not allowed to eat. And it offended some people. And they're like, I'm not coming to worship if you eat that. And I've kind of, you know, throughout most of my, I've read it, but I'm like, I haven't really felt that. And I'm like, oh, no, I can feel pretty quickly now where people who genuinely love each other, and I believe genuinely love the Lord, have very different opinions about what they'll do or what they won't do and what they're comfortable worshiping with or not comfortable worshiping with, to say, okay, that's not new. Like, that's just human, (laughs) Uh, as long as there have been people on this planet uh, it's difficult to have relationships and it's difficult when all of us are asked to go through things we've never had to go through before and things are different and so the church in Jerusalem is nervous about what's going on in Antioch we picked it up in chapter 15 when okay they got together they had a meeting and where it starts off to say is that what they were seeking to discern is not well, who do we like the most and therefore we're just going to go with whatever they want? No, they all felt obligated to do what was God's will. And so what to them seemed good based on the Holy Spirit's conviction? And it wasn't any one person making that decision. It was them as a body. So they were a community of the Holy Spirit. As powerful as Peter would have been or some of the other apostles, They didn't simply say, it's whatever he says. The Spirit had been poured out on young and old, on male and female. It was, let's get the people together. God's Holy Spirit has been poured out in abundance. And as a community, let's talk about this. They come to a conclusion, they draft a letter, and now they want to send the letter to be read publicly in Antioch and other places. And what we read together was the contents of that letter. But what we see here is this example of this early council, again, of the church gathering together. They're not trying to figure out whose preferences win out. They're not trying to figure out who's the most comfortable. Jesus is the Lord of the church. The main question is how do we glorify him? How do we witness well who he is to the world? when that becomes our focus, usually what happens is that all of us have to be a little bit uncomfortable and all of us have to make a sacrifice. All of us have to give in a little bit because it's not deciding about us. It's together seeking his will. And that's what it means to be a community of the Holy Spirit. And so many times, even just interpersonally, we can enter into a conflict with a spouse or with anyone else and feel like resolution means... Who wins instead of everyone involved in the conflict saying what does God want out of this like how would he be most glorified now that we're in this situation where we're finding it really hard to agree how would he be glorified well he wouldn't be glorified if I started being really mean to you he wouldn't be glorified if I was chewing you out he wouldn't be glorified if I was starting to sin Okay, so how would he be glorified well I know what Jesus was like. I know how he lived his life. I've heard what the fruits of the Spirit are. Man, he would be glorified in this. Not if I get my way or your way, but when you and me together are saying, what does love look like in this situation? How can I even get through this with a sense of joy that my happiness in God is actually not how this resolves. It comes from him. What what does it mean to be long-suffering or forbearing? gentle and kind and then if I'm challenged to say could I do that? I think I could uh, one example i often give and, and we experience it you can be in such an argument for example with your spouse at times and none of you are saying really kind things or your tone of voice is not that great and then your phone rings and then when your phone rings okay like in a second you can hi how are you no good no everything's fine Wait a minute. Did you just switch in like 2 seconds? Yeah, I can switch in like 2 seconds to being kind again and nice and but sometimes it's hard when you're with someone that you're in disagreement with to say, "Wait a minute, we don't have to keep being like this. Let's figure out how to do this in a healthier way so that we're both better off because of this." And here this church, the early church in this council shows us what it's like to have serious disagreement but pursue together the will of God. What does the Holy Spirit want? They make this decision. Now they're looking around and they say, who could we pick to deliver the message for us? And it's really important that the people we pick who deliver the message live out their life in such a way that's consistent with what we're trying to say. They pick out two people, Judas and Silas, and they send them with Paul and Barnabas. And for me, what's interesting about this is if you were with us last week, Barnabas in the past was the representative of, from Jerusalem to go to Antioch and help investigate. But now Barnabas has been gone long enough that Barnabas and Paul is not sufficient. The church in Jerusalem is saying, who now represents the church in Jerusalem that could go with Paul and Barnabas and do what Barnabas used to do? Because Barnabas has been gone long enough that he's not considered a representative of the Jerusalem church anymore. And so Silas is chosen. And that gives us this, we hadn't heard anything about Silas all the way up until now, but when you think of someone of Barnabas' reputation and how good he must have been for the church in Jerusalem and therefore how sad when he left, said, oh man, we lost one of our best and brightest. Sometimes we hear the stories about who goes and we don't as much hear about the stories of who stayed behind. And we don't know for sure how it happened, but now in chapter 15, we realize God had a plan. There was another Barnabas. Yeah, they were probably sad Barnabas was gone, but God raised up someone named Silas, and not just Silas, but Silas and Judas, that there were several people whom God was able and ready to use to do the work that Barnabas had previously done. That's good news for us, to know that this whole partnering together to advance the mission, sometimes that means God prepares someone to go, and sometimes that means God raises up someone who's prepared to stay. But it's God doing the work in both situations. And so here were two leading men, Judas and Silas, and they are now sent from this community of the Holy Spirit, and they are identified specifically as people who were distinguished among the others, as being people of the Holy Spirit. It even calls them prophets. Like they were people who in their prayer and devotional Lord could speak a prophecy. We saw an example of one last week where it said that there was a prophecy about a famine that was gonna happen. And that guy's name was Agabus. Here, it's Judas and Silas considered prophets that they could speak and people would say, I believe that this is what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Because it wasn't just that they came from this community of the Holy Spirit, but they were people of the Holy Spirit that they had distinguished themselves as people who were listening closely to God and willing to say what he would say. So they read this letter, and in the letter, it describes them in this way. Verse 27, we have therefore sent Judas and Silas who themselves will tell you the same thing by the word of the mouth, for it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than the requirements that you have. Oh, I went too far ahead. Verse 25. It has seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So they were known as being full enough of the Holy Spirit to be called prophets. And though we don't know what they did, we also know somewhere in their past they had demonstrated the willingness to risk their lives. That's what distinguished them. So here's a a picture that I want to show you from when we were in Israel two years ago. So this is the, on the top left corner, what you're looking at is the Sea of Galilee. And so this is sort of the, the countryside next to the Sea of Galilee and I was standing overlooking this terrain with Scott Sobey, and we're mostly just taking it in because the sun is setting and it's beautiful and he said, I want you to zoom in on something in the middle so the next picture is going to zoom in on what you see there is a natural formation of rocks coming down that would have provided the backside of the wall Then you see someone actually building a wall on the left and the right side. On the left side, it hooks down towards the front, but then there's an opening. And so we're looking over this terrain. He says, that's a sheepfold. And so here, a shepherd would bring all together his sheep and out in the wilderness, gather them all in for the night. And this would have been a safe place to put them in. And then the shepherd's responsibility was to lay down in front of the opening. And so the shepherd is the door. So when Jesus said, I am the door of the sheep, that's the image that is coming into people's mind. A good shepherd gathers all the sheep in and then becomes the door themselves, lays down, because what a good shepherd does is sacrifices himself for the sheep. So if a wolf comes or anyone comes to steal, They have to get over the shepherd to get to the sheep. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus is that for you and me. And when Jesus is looking to identify his children who are prepared to advance the mission, he also wants us to be like this. Are we willing to risk our lives for the sake of the gospel? Not everyone equally is but this is part of what the apostles are discerning in deciding who to send from Jerusalem to Antioch who is a person if they're asked will lay down and say with their lives you have to come over me to get to them that's what you want in leadership not someone who would run away and said please have them all so that i can live another day that's not a good shepherd The shepherd that you want guarding the sheep is the one who says, I can't stop everything from happening, but you would have to go through me in order to harm them. And Judas and Silas were those kind of under-shepherds of the great shepherd. And so they were sent with this letter as people yielded to the Holy Spirit with this gift of prophecy and this willingness to risk their own lives. Then We see that a conflict ensues between Barnabas and Paul on who should be included. And this great person that we studied last week, Barnabas, gets into a disagreement with Paul. Barnabas wants to include John, Mark. Paul doesn't. Luke doesn't give us any indication that one of them is right or wrong. They disagree. But Barnabas doesn't back down because Barnabas didn't back down for Saul when people didn't want Saul included. He said, this is the person. I want you to welcome him. So Barnabas is just being Barnabas. But this time it means they separate. And in their separation, Paul says, I still need someone with me. I can't do this alone. This is about partnership. This is about teamwork. Who am I going to go get? He goes and gets Silas. And then here's part of the video that Emily sent to all of the kids about Silas.
2: every day. One night, Paul saw a vision. A vision is like a dream, but Paul was awake. In the vision, God told Paul to go to Macedonia. God wanted Paul to share the gospel with the people there. So Paul went to Macedonia. He and those with him stopped for a few days in a city called Philippi. On the Sabbath day, Paul and his friends went to the river to pray. Some women were there. And Paul started talking to them. A woman named Lydia was listening, and God opened her heart to accept what Paul was saying. Lydia and everyone in her household believed, and they were baptized. On another day, Paul and Silas were on their way to pray, and a servant girl met them. She had a spirit in her that allowed her to predict the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling the future. The girl followed Paul and Silas, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God. She followed them for many days. Finally, Paul turned and said to the spirit in her, by the power of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And the spirit came out right away. Now the girl's owners were upset because she could no longer tell the future. They grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them to the authorities. They complained about Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas were beaten and thrown into jail. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing songs to God. The other prisoners were listening. All of a sudden, a violent earthquake shook the foundation of the jail. All the doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and saw the prison doors open. He thought the prisoners had escaped, so he took out his sword and was about to take his own life. Don't hurt yourself, Paul said. We are all here. The jailer rushed inside and fell down in front of Paul and Silas. He was very afraid. Then he took Paul and Silas outside. Men, what must I do to be saved? He asked. They said to him, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. The jailer and everyone in his household believed and they were baptized. The jailer brought Paul and Silas into his house and fed them. Later that day, Paul and Silas were set free.
0: That story of Paul and Silas in prison, we read in Acts 16. And we're going to read what it was like for these brothers in a moment yielded to the Holy Spirit, Beginning in verse 25 of Acts 16. It says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to harm himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, "'Do not harm yourself, for we're all here.' And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and said, "'Sirs, what must I do to be saved?' And they said, "'Believe in the Lord Jesus, "'and you will be saved, you and your household.' And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them that same hour that night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and all his family.' And then he brought them up to his house and set food before them and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. What an amazing picture. Just as easily we could have read about Silas being in prison with Paul at midnight and saying, God, I can't believe you led me here. (laughs) Why am I here? Why am I in prison? Why did I just get beaten? Why is all of this stuff happening to me? But as a person, yielded to the Holy Spirit in the moment of significant opportunity to walk away from God, he was singing, he was praising, and everyone was listening. And it impacted the jailer so much that once he knew he was safe, that no one had run away, he asked what he could do to have that kind of salvation what did he need to do for that kind of light to shine in him what did he need to do for that same Holy Spirit to give him a peace that passes understanding like Silas and Paul had and then one this scene that I would love to see portrayed in film they're beaten up so bad and dirty that the jailer washes them and then they baptize him like they both wash each other what an amazing picture And I'm excited next week for us to have a baptism, to hear someone share their testimony with all of you of what the Lord has done with them and say, I do want this to continue to mark my life. I believe in him. He's changed me. And he wants to live inside of me and do these kinds of things that Barnabas and Silas are different. Next week we'll talk about Timothy, then we'll talk about Priscilla. It's not any of us trying to be anyone else, but it's all of us trying to be whatever the Holy Spirit wants us to be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the way you work in your people. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is alive and well and still poured out on young and old and male and female and helping us to become more like you and in moments of discouragement or despair when we could turn back towards the darkness, inviting us into the light to worship you, to sing praises to your name that other people would notice. That when Paul and Silas might have thought they weren't doing anything specifically evangelistic, just by the the visibility of their faith and their joy, that it, it made someone else wrestle with where they were, what they believed in, and what they needed in their own life. And so we pray that you would help us not to think of how to be like Silas or how to be like Barnabas or anyone else, but what would you do with us? What could our lives testify to if we really, really surrender them to you? We need your grace that, and so we pray for it in Jesus' name, amen.
1: How great the chasm that lay between us, how high the mountain I could not climb. I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then, through the darkness, your laughing kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished. And is written Jesus Christ, my living old Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace, the God of a spoken I am forgiven the King of Kings calls me his own beautiful sin no claim on me then came the morning that sealed the promise
0: his Holy Spirit grant to each and every one of us to live our lives in such a way that others could say it is full of hope this will conclude our service